This is Success Beyond the Score, giving insights and tips to help you learn how to build your music career from the best in the field by Millicent Stevenson. Millicent is a multi-award winning saxophonist and endorser of Harry Hartman's Fiber Reads. She is currently serving on the Executive Committee of the Musicians' Union. With over 40 years' experience in the creative industry, Millicent has honed her performance and business skills. She provides personal development training and coaching via her online platform, successbeyondthescore.com. Hi, I'm Millicent Stevenson. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of my podcast, Success Beyond the Score. Now today, my guest is Ruby Turner. Ruby has a music career spanning over 40 years in the music industry. Her number one hit, It's Going to Be All Right, broke through the US R&B chart in 1990. Now, what's amazing about this is that it's rare for a British Jamaican R&B soul singer songwriter to do this. Now, to date, she has 20 albums and singles, and these are best known in Europe and North America. She's been a session vocalist for Brian Ferry, UB40, Steel Pulse, Jules Holland, and Mick Jagger. She's written songs for Lulu, Yaz, and Maxi Priest. Now, she's also an actress, and her acting career spans theater, films, TV soaps, documentaries, and she's even been a BBC music judge for televised choir competitions. She has an MBE, which is a member of the British Empire, which she received in the 2016 Birthday Honours List for her services to music. Now, because of COVID and lockdown restrictions, although they're easing, this interview was recorded through Zoom. So you might perceive a slight change in audio quality and there may well be other noises because we're doing it from various locations. But don't worry, because the content, as always, is stellar. So please welcome Ruby Turner. Wow, Ruby Turner, I am just honoured to have you here on Success Beyond the Score. And um, there's something I really like about you. You know, I was, obviously I'm on your Twitter and your Facebook and I just kind of follow you and see what you're going on with. But, <laughs> Thank you. I Thank you for having me, Millicent, <laughs> and for calling and, and minding my business. <laughs> I watch my business. Oh, yeah, yeah. Facebook, as my dad used to call it. We are on Facebook. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, when I went over to your website and I was reading up on your bio, I'm thinking, yeah. wow, she's amazing. You know, it's like one of the things, I mean, even before I go into the questions I have planned, is like, for mm. me, you are a celebrity, but very understated. Oh, you're acclaimed well, but approachable there's no airs and graces and I really want to know how do you manage to balance all of this with who you are and what you do I mean it's amazing I, I mean and I won't let me just stop talking I'm just I'm <laughs> well just, the thing is first of all the celebrity thing mm. I um you know you can discard that and mm. I think for, for me for me because it's another thing for me that's nothing it's got nothing as far as I'm concerned got nothing to do with the music the work I've been doing over the years you know I'm just I'm just a musician I love what I do I don't do it for the glory I do it for 
the blessings I've been given and sharing. And wow. then you have that celebrity culture thing that came in. Yeah. Sort of, well, it's always kind of been there. Mm-hmm. And people caught it because in a way it he- helps to expand and shoot you even further than, you know, you need to go, you want to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, and at the same time, I also can find it very destructive. Mm. I find it gets in the way. I mm-hmm. find you stop being, you say, how do you, re- you know, able to retain yourself? It's that thing, it's, for, it's that very reason. Mm. If you stay out of that culture thing that mm. drives you to want more, to be more than you are, or not even be yourself, mm. then I think it, it becomes a problem. And yeah. for me, I, I made that sort of conscious decision, really, to mm. steer myself away from that. I don't think I need to be everywhere yeah. in terms of, you know, being seen. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be seen when I'm working. Right. I'll be seen when there's something good going on. Yeah. But apart from that, you know, that's that's about it, really. And so I'm also careful about things. We talk about Facebook, what you put on there. Yeah. If it's if it's work related or stuff yeah. like that, fine. If it's something about who you are and so people ask, they want to know who you are. Yeah. And so what I tend to do, just to, which I think is only fair. And mm. in the deep down, I do feel things. Well, you know what? People think you are this celebrity thing. And I kind of dismiss that by putting flowers up and the garden. And stuff like that. I've noticed the people, garden. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you know, the garden and see what's going on in there. And yeah. I want them to know the real human being, the real person who cares about other things other than the hair, the makeup, the da da da. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't handle that. I never could. Yeah. So why? Well, you know, many years ago, I worked with uh, Linda Womack. Yeah. When I did, I worked with them several, several uh, times. Womack and Womack. Yeah. Womack and Womack. Yeah. And she said to me, and they were, what, was, what was lovely about them? You know, she was very natural. Mm. And she says, if you can't maintain that nail and that stuff, don't get into it. Right. Because you have to keep it up. Mm-hmm. You, have, you cannot be seen with it, without it. Yeah. So, you know, don't go, just, don't go that extra mile just to be, you know, just maintain it in a way that you can manage. Mm. And it's really more you. Yeah. And I, I took that on board very, very early on. And I thought, she's kind of right. But yeah. then, yeah, I think my personality as well, I'm, I'm too, oh, what's the word? I'm too sort of, I'm too sort of, I don't know. I wouldn't say, not, I'm not a radical, but I'm kind of home. I'm just like, you know, my culture means everything. I like to just throw down. I like to be real. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. can't really do those things when you're, posturing and carrying on with yourself yes that's just me that's just me yeah I suppose you could mix it up mix and blend it as I call it but yeah 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 that's probably the secret sauce to who you are then that's probably yeah yeah because because you you know who you are earlier on you've decided this is me and this is who I am absolutely absolutely and you know we have an issue sometimes people have an issue with their personality and and their culture and their, their identity yes I know who I am uh-huh. We have to know who we are, and when we, once we know who we are, we can become happy in our skin, happy with our existence, happy whether good or bad. Whether you, you got to own it, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm, I'm Jamaican born, uh-huh. and no way do I never want to dismiss or that might you know deny my roots of my. I want that in me. I want people to see that because as far as I'm concerned, Jamaican have some effervescent, lively. Uh-huh. I mean. You know, we know how to laugh at ourselves. <laughs> and I don't want to lose that thing, you know. And 
you know, I always said, you know, you, you, I can't, I don't break into the patois other than yeah. when I'm with people who understand it. Yeah. But I want to be able to free myself up and do stuff like that yeah. without having to pretend, uh, you know, hey, I want to be, yeah, it's all about, it's very important to be yourself. Very important. So, so how did that work with label signing? Because I know you got signed to a label earlier on and obviously you've had yeah. 20 albums, but you know. Well, signing with Jive was no, no issue at all because here's the thing <laughs> with the Jive situation. For many years, people thought I was American because the oh. way that I was marketed yeah. was very much in the American the American vein. The glass, the shine, the pose, or what have you, yeah. which was fine. I knew nothing about how that worked because early days, I'm just learning. Yeah. You're talking to a different Ruby Turner now, to the oh. Ruby Turner of 35 years ago. Okay. Who was just, I was, because it was a learning curve. I'm being led by the people who know how. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is a dip. I'm, I've seen it. I've experienced it. Some of it worked, some didn't. Now I own it. Uh, you know, now yeah. I own it. Yeah. yeah. It's important. Those, those things are, you know, you have to, you can't continue doing, being what other people want you to be. Yeah. You have to somehow, and yeah, let your, your, your fans and people come to your gigs. When you come to my gig, oh my goodness me, it's just, I'm, I'm me, man. And it's great. It's great. And people just love that. Yeah. And I love that. And yeah. I don't think I want to be anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mill. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> so there's something about getting older and getting experience and stuff that's made you sort of realize that actually to be me is more important than being someone else for my I business think, to succeed. Yes, I think so. Because mm. as the years have gone on, you know, things tried and tested, some failed, some did. And then in the end, does it really matter? What matters is that you're happy. What matters is that you can wake up and, you, you know, you don't have to put on this fake false thing ah, and, and be, you know, you need to maintain this yeah. thing. Not yeah. only do you dress it, you need to live it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and I think it's very important. But I'm not, I'm not saying what happened there was wrong. It was just the business. That's a part of the business. So I'm not knocking it. It's a part of the business. But when you come to a point where you can, when you, you know, you've done all you've done, Mm. you you can stand, then own it. Take ownership of your life. You know, it's important. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're a woman after my own heart. I mean, you know, outside of the stage, I am me and I'm, I'm not wearing (laughs) the wig and the nails and all that kind of stuff. That's work. (laughs) And I have people. Yeah. Oh gosh. As soon as you get in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's showbiz. That's, that's, that's a bit of showbiz, and everybody does it. Black, yes. white, pink, green is just what it is. <laughs> when we're home, we're just home. But you need to have that balance. Yes. It is so important. Most definitely. You know, the, yeah, the stage thing is a stage thing, but yeah. you need to be able to come home and uh-huh. turn on that pot. Yes. You know, and turn and be. There's things to do here. You know what I mean? There's things to do. Don't, yeah, it's important. For well, me, I, yeah. And, I, and I guess you're kind of answering my question, which I had about the mundane, you know, because you're someone who's worked with Brian Ferry and UB40. So you're on the big, big platforms as well as, you know, the Ronnie Scott stages and so on. And then you've got to come home, you know. So it seems to me like you've got this balance, or do you find that sometimes returning to the mundane is difficult, especially, say, if you're abroad because you do travel? Well, obviously, when you got back, you have to climatize yourself again because it's just it's a re-entry. Like whoa, where you've been looked after, and you you know you, yeah. you, you plane hopping country to country. You live in hotels. I mean, this pandemic's been really quite interesting because for the past eighteen months or so, I've been here, and you know that whole 
I was fortunate enough mm. to have worked up until the lockdown, more or less, you know, to a, a year back. Right. I, we just got back from, from Europe. I was touring with Jules. Yeah. And we got back from Austria mm. just as on the 13th of March. And a week or so later, the, the lockdown happened. So mm. in a funny kind of way, but saying that going back, I'd come off a three month tour. Yeah. So I kind of, the rest that I had, that sort of stopped sort of benefited somebody like myself that needed to stop for a little while. Mm. But we thought it was only for a little while. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, here we are. Oh. Um, but, you know, it was, when you come home from, from work, it's, it's, you have to adjust yourself again. You know, you, re, you need to, but it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long before you fall in because, you know, I do everything myself. That washing machine is on full, full you know, <laughs> full power for however long. You know what I mean? Because it's just the way it is. I carry more than I need on tour because I'm coming on to wash it all. Um, and and you, you've got to deal with the bills. You've got to deal with stuff. There's stuff going on, you know. So, you know, with the cleaners coming out, being paid or whatever. So you got to do, yeah. I, and, and that's all right. It keeps yeah. you grounded. It keeps you grounded. I still live in the real world, girl. Okay. I'm in the real, I'm in the real world. I'm, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, how did you actually get into music? What was your starting point? Starting point was school. Oh. And my head teacher, Mrs. Inchcliffe, um, you know, in school, the, the, back then they were great because they used to see the kids yeah. and um, they were aware of us. And well, they were aware of me because I was kind of some kind of show off kid. <laughs> and whatever, whatever production was on, they'd, they'd all go, Ruby, what ideas have you got? And there you have it. I went, well, hey, I got an idea. And it was wonderful. So drama was my thing. Okay. And my head teacher saw that. And she okay. sent me to a, a, um, a, a theater in, in Birmingham, the Crescent Theater. Oh, so yeah. I went and um, it was great. And we went, my friend, my friend, Dory Scott, yeah. now married. Uh, me and Dory, she bought theater tickets for us to go see a, a production. She go and see what you think, dear. Say what you think. And yeah. we went, fantastic. Then we said to the management and that, or whoever's at the door, how do you join? And he said, oh, so we put our names down and they were about to cast uh -huh. um, Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, they were yeah. putting on um, Streetcar Named Desire. And dare I say it back, it, we're going back now, we're going yeah. back. And the idea for them was Streetcar. Mm -hmm. They were intended to black up two yeah. white girls to play the street cry scenes. Oh no. And me and Doreen, listen, come on. We're going back now. Mm. And me and Doreen walked in. Yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> the real deal just walked in. Mm. And they said, can you sing? Well, you don't ask me and Doreen can sing. We were stylistics birds. We were the, the Jackson <laughs> five. We were all announced, <laughs> you know, but in the early seventies, but this yeah. is, you know, great times. Yeah. And, we, and we sang. And so we got into the theater. Yeah. And it was then, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was from that theater that the voice was born. Cause I know it sang. I never thought apart from we just, everybody sings, but not as a, as, as, a, as something you do on stage. Mm. Um, and that was it. And from the theater, the whole thing developed. I was there, um, met a wonderful friend in the theater and he was an author, Gareth Owen. And Gareth was writing a rock opera. Oh, based okay. on Rupert the Bear. That's <laughs> interesting. But yes, I mean, you know, you, you, you got you got Paddington Bear now doing his thing. It was based on Rupert the Bear. Yeah. Um, but at one point he had to change it to Rumpus Hair because I believe um, Paul McCartney owned the copyrights of that. So oh. it, it could, could be used. 
And he wrote this piece that we took to the Edinburgh Festival. And it was fantastic. And I had to sing. And it was just like, for me, the first time, like, or, you know, apart mm. from doing the theater thing, which was great. Yeah. Then I was we're out, not amongst my friends anymore. And we went to the Fringe Club at Edinburgh Festivals. This is 77. Yeah. And Gareth and his friend were poetry and jazz. And they said, well, they did be a poetry. And they said, we'll get Ruby to sing. And uh, so I did a little singing and I, did, I sang World on the String by Ella. Yeah. And I sang <laughs> Take These Chains by Ray Charles. Mm. And when I was singing um, World on the String with Ella, I forgot the words. And I started scatting. And the room erupted. Wow. This is the French club. The room erupted. I'm 18 years old. Yeah. And I've never experienced this. And it was something. But what I did, I believe, was instinctive and natural. Yeah. Came home from the festival. And my colleagues, they were all, I mean, these were these weren't professional theater people. These were ad hoc theaters. You know, the amateur. They do their little plays and they go off and do stuff. But they weren't confident enough to launch out and be real. One person did become a, you know, a professional actor, but these were lecturers and, and, and engineers that just love theater. Yeah. And they came together and, and they sat me down and said, you're gonna have to sing. They sat me down, we're gonna have to sing. And Gareth, bless him, remortgaged his house. Wow. And we made an EP. And, you know, what, hardly any originals, but I did an EP. And on that EP was, um, Bob Dylan, uh, and there was Van Morrison, mm -hmm. and we just did some covers, and we did um, Keep On Running, Spencer Davis, but we just did some covers, yeah. and that was it, and tried to get a deal, and then I got a deal when I was about 18 years old, and the guy didn't know what to do with me, so for a whole year, just sat thinking, well, what do we do with him, and then that kind of ended, but it, it was a slow burn, it took about five years eventually before I signed the deal with Jive. Hmm. So yeah, but it was great because I was learning. I had a nine to five job, so I didn't rely, didn't have to rely on anything for paying my rent. I was paying my rent because I worked. Yeah. And yeah, so for nine years I had a nine to five job and then it happened. But during all that time, I was, you know, making a name for myself because I had a little band that would do little gigs and what have you. And I got asked to sing with, you know, Brian Ferry and, and, and UB40. And, but the, the one before that was Culture Club. Oh, so yeah. So I ended yeah. up coming out of my job yeah. for a year, I thought. Well, for a year, because the tour was going for a year. And my bosses at the time, you know, Andrew Cohen, they knew what I'd had this singing thing. They called the head, you know, remember Stanley saying to me, uh, you should bring people into the office. And, and this is our resident pop star. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Stanley. Because I, I seem to be singing, but get nowhere, but I was still yeah, there. Yeah. And when this gig came about, they said, my boss says, right, we're going to put, we're going to hold you on the books for a year. Wow. Just in case it doesn't work out. I tell you Gosh. what, I'll never forget it. My blessing. boss says, we're going to keep you on the books and go see, go see what happens. And it was just the most wonderful thing. And I went with Culture Club and we toured and it was one where George was just great. Yeah. Came back and the deal was on the table for Jive. And that's how it all kind of started. And I worked for a little while longer. And then, yeah, the bosses say, okay, go, fly. So, so, you know, I mean, hearing that story is great. The connections that you can make looking back. But, you know, mm. when you were actually going through it, did you sort of know that, okay, you know, you're your friend or your colleague mortgaged his house your boss mm. um, allowed you a year off 
Pompey mm. and then you meeting <laughs> Culture Club. I mean, did you kind of see this all panning out or was it just a step-by-step like uh, my boss has just told me this okay back to normal oh and then how did it what was what was the experience like that feeling of going it, through it that? was an interesting let me let me tell you why I, I say this because I think there's a lot of people who feel like with music everything should happen now you know mm. I should get on yeah, stage yeah. and I should get signed <laughs> and everything should fall I should have a fan base I could sell and I know it doesn't happen like that you know but I'm just interested in that journey that maybe people hearing it from you might realize this is what you gotta do <laughs> well it is and but we have to be honest as well times mm. have changed mm. things have changed um the generation that's come through now are much more aware and self-aware and self-confident they know what they want because i guess they probably learned from people like ourselves way back yeah. when yeah. you know there i say back then i was just a humble artist and and for me what was happening to me was just amazing yeah. and I just thought to myself well I'm not going to stand I'm not going to go I'm not going to shy away from this this I, it was divine intervention things were moving yeah and I was just going with it mm-hmm. I was going with it but what kept me going as well the fact that I the experience I was loving what was happening because I was discovering myself too yeah I could sing and and acting and all those things it was just a revelation but also you have to remember, it, I came from school where I had the head teacher, had yeah. that confidence yeah. in me. Yeah. So when you had that, when I had that from school coming through that said, that's what you should go. She wanted me to go to drama school. That wasn't going to happen because A, it just wasn't. But then the music took off. And, and mm. so, you know, and I guess it's a question of, you know, perseverance. And mm. that's what I did. I didn't, and I didn't have any preconceived ideas about where it was going to end up it did right you know what right. Millicent it didn't matter where it ended up because mm. what I'm young I'm yeah. just going yeah. Yeah. I'm on an adventure yeah. I'm on an adventure <laughs> and and in a funny kind of way good and bad yeah good that because here I am still doing my thing I still enjoy my life and still in control of me yeah. and still kind of go still on an adventure yeah I'm, I'm looking for adventures that's what it's all about life's all about <laughs> finding new things and seeing it's alive, keeps them alive. Okay. Because I didn't do that, then the business side fell. Oh. I didn't know much about it. I did. I left it up to others to right. do it. Right. You know, because I believe they. Well, I did. It's them. They were. They were doing it. They knew what they were doing, and I, I just did what I. You know, mm. I'm just being an artist, doing singing, and you know, preparing myself and 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 doing it, trying to do a great job. Yeah. And they was doing the stuff. What fell down was the fact that. I didn't know much about any of that. So yeah, I become became reliant on others to run the business side of things. You run my business. It became, became as time went on, became a business because that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. It developed into a business. That's At first right. I was a, ch- a child and I was working, I had a nine-to-five and I was enjoying myself. Yes. I was yes. enjoying myself. Yeah. And you know what? I don't regret it. So listen, the, the business side, I mean, is another element. I know you, there's certain things you, you won't say in there, which is fine. But uh-uh. what is it of the business that you felt if that people really need to be aware of, of the music business? Well, I think, it's, I mean, you know, everybody has a role in life. Right. You're the artist, then your management and your tour management. And so everybody plays their part. Yeah. But I think as an artist, you also need to have a little... You need to know some of it, yeah. So that you know where your money's been invested. Because come the end of the day, you know you, you're racking up a lot of money because it's been spent, and you don't know how 
you know, reasons being. Um, at the same time, you know, decisions are being made for you um, that may not be right for you. Mm. You know, people, you know, engage you and sort of, oh, that we arrange and said it's okay. No, you need to know, they need to, you need to have the discussion all the time. Any artist, it's like a forum, whatever it is, they come to you and they clear it with you. Okay. You need you need information up front. Don't don't let as far as I'm back in the people make decisions on your behalf. Hmm. You need to have an idea about what's going on. So you can prepare yourself or go, no, I don't think I don't think it's for me ethically or whatever. You know, yeah. That's that kind of business. With regards to the money side, you'll never work that one out never in a thousand years. Because there's certain people who get a lot of money in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so it don't really matter what happens to it. And some will get little and nothing. I have yeah. to make it stretch. Yeah. And so I won't even go into that one. Mm. But I've been stretching for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been making it stretch. <laughs> to the point where there's no stretching. And so, but it's, it not, doesn't matter. Because mm. I've, I've now found myself in a position where having worked so hard, you know, yeah. when, I, when the deals all kind of dried up and it wasn't going to happen anymore, 2007 mm. was when I made my own album, okay. my own independently. But yeah. then that meant I had to, it's my savings, you know, I was working hard, touring hard with other people and with my own band as well. And I just invested in, you know, because I wanted to keep recording because yeah. that was going to happen. I waited so long for a deal to come. The ones I had several deals that were like really not, very good um, because what happens with them, they give you a deal, but then you don't get the support in terms of to promote the product okay. and, you're, and you're expected to go and sing across the whole, you know, um, strata just to, 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 to publicize it. And yeah. you know, that don't work as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. as having the, the support, the backup of, you know, somebody investing in the PR. All so right. yeah, yeah, there's all those things. So, you know, I was able to do my own album and which was great. Mm-hmm. But then again, I, I didn't realize that the PR in and the promoting and whatever, it was another load of um, finance that I had to find. Yeah. It's one thing finding that the recording stuff yes. and the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. So, and I thought, well, it doesn't matter because even when I was signed to them, it wasn't there anyway. So uh, let's carry on. Yeah. Yeah. At least I own the product now. At least I can go out with conviction and heart because I'm doing something which is from me. I, I you know, you gave birth to it, so you support it, and you, and and, and that's basically what I, I've been doing ever since, really. Wow. Yeah, five albums since you know okay. I've, I've recorded since then. But yeah, it's it's not been easy. But just to keep going, you know, just to, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm jumping, you know. But hey, that's where I am now, you know. No, I mean, I think it's really good because one of the things I like about you is that you have a, a long lasting career and it's a full time music career. Mm. And I wonder, I mean, we've talked about many things, but what are the sort of things that you feel has made it possible for that longevity? And that's just kept it because not everybody can actually do over 30 years or more. But well, if I said, like I said at the beginning, it's the adventure. Mm. I'm a child of possibilities Mm. endless you know and because the music is first I've served the music and if you that's if if you know what it is Mm. that you are doing and you're serving then everything else will pale I mean you know it's it's you'll get by you because of your determination to do this particular thing yeah I never kind of 
to be honest, no, in truth, there was a time when it got so, so stressful and, 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 and I kind of lost heart in it that I went and retrained as a, as a, as an early years learner. Oh, okay. um teacher yeah. yeah so I did a bit of that mm-hmm. and and the strangest thing was I started that the, the training and I did it so I because what I wanted to do was to open up a nursery school okay but, to, but yeah but, be, but before I could do that I had to be trained mm-hmm. so I went into the training and then you know all the, the red tape and what have you to, to do this thing mm-hmm. came about but while that was happening I got a role in a theater piece Right. And I went off and toured for a year in Japan in Carmen Jones. So, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, the theater came back. Yes. It's, yeah. You know, the theater came home. Yeah. And it kind of saved me in a way, you know, to not lose, to keep me on track. And, yeah. and so, yeah, so it's, it's opportunities and, and, you know, knock. And it's whether or not you're prepared to be, you're ready to open the door or you're ready to take those opportunities. Right. And so I did. I, I, I went to retrain. And I was happy doing that because it was, I thought this industry is tough. They're not getting the support and la 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 and what have you. But instead of just sitting there bleeding and complaining, you know what? I know the score to a degree. Let me go and do something else just to get out of it for a while. And it was less than two years Mm. and I was back in and again, but in a different way. Back in back into theater, which is when I started. Yes. So put me back into the theater. Yeah. And then the music took out again. Yeah, it's been a Interesting. And I did theater for a long while, yeah. which was, which was great. And, 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 you know, years later, I met my head teacher. I met her in the fruit aisle of one of our, our supermarkets. <laughs> and I, well, my dear, it was the funniest. It was, and, and you know, I went, oh, as kids do, hello, miss. You know, <laughs> no matter, no matter how old you are. Yeah. 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 Hello, miss. You still have, well, that's how we're brought up. Yes, respect yes. for your teachers and your elders, yes. and, and she swung round because yeah. my Mrs. Sinclair had style. Yeah. She always reminded me of Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, a line yeah. skirt, the hair all was nice. You yeah. know, those jumpers with the, but she looked great. Yeah, always yeah. carried herself well. And in yeah. school, yeah. we were we had to be girl, we had to be ladies. Yeah, I would have yeah. handled school for girls, okay. and believe me, we had to be girls. <laughs> and she was great. She was great. And she looked, turned me, she said, "Which one are you again?" The, I said, she said, I was so angry. And I go, oh, she said, because she realized she picked up on the music. Yeah. You should have gone into theater. Oh, you yeah. should have stayed in the acting. Yeah. She, oh, I said, oh my God. <laughs> I said, but the, the music's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what love, what, what belief. Mm, yes. And you say people, you know, what kept you? Those people kept me going. My old manager who mortgaged his house, that's kept me going. Yes. How can you not continue when yeah. people invest and love you and believe in you and, and, and encourage you? So yes. all those things, they're just there for you to take, take lead, take the baton and run. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of all the things that kind of happened to me, you know. Yeah. Did you feel that she's right, that you probably should have gone into acting? Yeah. Um. Yes and no, because from the acting, the voice was born. Mm. I never sang in the, in the school. I acted the roles with confidence and whatever. It just felt so natural. I didn't have an issue. Mm. I'm a Jamaican and I'm full of it. And that was it, right? And it was just, you know, it's that, you know, we're not. And so it was great. Mm. But I discovered the singing voice. Yeah. And 
And so I had to embrace that. Yeah. And it's in theater and acting, you, you do both. In theater, you do both. Because I did also, you know, when I wasn't able, I did the, the childcare, but I also went back to, to college and did try to do um, a postgraduate course in acting. So I oh, went to the, the Lambda, I did the Lambda exams. Yeah. So went back, yeah, I went back and retrained, you know, well, brushed up on my Shakespeare, so to speak. Um, yeah, and and yeah, and that was great because I had the, I needed more knowledge about this and that. So I went mm. back and I loved it. And then of course the musicals came about. So I was in Carmen Jones and then suddenly I found myself in the West End, the Cambridge Theatre playing um, uh, in, in Fame, uh, mm. the, the role of, uh, what was it, Miss, Mrs. Miss Sherman? Oh, okay. the role of Miss Sherman in Fame. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fantastic. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then, you know, bit by bit. And then I, I, then I, I, I went into the Crucible Theatre and played in a role in the Crucible, played teacher in the Crucible. Then I worked for three years at um, the Bristol Old Vic in Bristol playing, you know, once again, funny enough, went back. The last one was in A Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. And I was cast and, and um, this time, instead of playing the, cre- the street cry scenes, singing Strawberry. Yeah. That, you know, instead of doing that, I would play the per- the role of Eunice, the woman upstairs, the, the neighbor upstairs, uh-huh. to Tara Fitzgerald's um, uh, Blanche downstairs, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and and from that that whole, you know, there's something about adventure you never know opportunities turn up, and because I was in that production, yeah. I met the casting director for Love Actually mm-hmm. oh, because right. yes. she yeah. came down to Bristol yeah. with. Uh, Mary Selwell was the casting director. She came down to Bristol with Tara's agent, mm. and they saw me in they saw me in streetcar. Yeah. And then, as it would happen, you know, I did um, a week at the Donmar Warehouse, where um, was the, the director, famous director, was the, the the artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse. And he kept asking me, they kept asking me to do a week there. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. It's for lovies. I'm not singing there. Because there's a come down with theatre. Yeah, when theatres are dark, in around about August, July, August, they're dark. So, they, yeah. you know, keeping theatres going. I mean, even now, people are trying to be inventive and doing stuff to keep the theatres going. And he was married to, married to, oh my goodness. Anyway, you'll, you'll, the name will come to me in a minute. Because okay. I'm, having a, I'm having a moment here. So much <laughs> of my life. I'm telling you so much, girl. I mean, look at you. You're getting all out of me now. Anyway. It's good, it's good, it's good. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, where was I? <laughs> so, so you went, they invited you for a week, a week so down. I, I got invited to do a week at the Donmar Warehouse. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, I don't want to do it. Oh, so I got my little band in there. Girl took off the roof. Yeah. It was an experience because, you know, when you don't want to do something and go, oh, no, because because what they're doing, they were just, you know, um, theatrical, singing theater songs and whatever. I said, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't I don't know those theater musical songs. You know, I'm just kind of, says, no, they don't want you to do that. Just when you come and do, do your show. And I said, okay. So I did my show. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was a completely different. I mean, the reviews in all the broadsheets was outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous for a week that I never intended or yeah. planned. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Donmar knew about me. And when they were putting on a, a production of Proof with Gwyneth Paltrow and Andy Serkis, mm-hmm. I had an invite to go and see the play. Yeah. So I went to see the play because I just got the tickets. So I went yeah. to the play. The after show party, who should be there was Mary Selwell. Yeah. 
the casting director for Love Actually. Oh, oh, I remember you, dear. Three weeks later, I had the call to audition for Love Actually. Oh, my dear, watch life, watch life. Yeah, just it's how it rolls. It's how it rolls. Yeah, you just yeah. have to be open. You have to be there, and some it'll find you. Sometimes things in life will find you. Yeah, and that's how it's been for me. And I think you know, if you if I was out going, I'm going to be the best best thing in all world. It's all I've ever wanted. I've never said that in my life. Mm. All I've ever wanted. What do I want? I want to live. I'm an experience. Whatever comes, I will embrace it and yeah, I'll do my yeah. utmost. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But you will know because you will know. Uh, mm, you know what I mean? You will know. <laughs> but fortunately for me, all the things I've done are things that I could do. Yeah. And yeah. and developed and and there you have it, you know. And if they faded, it doesn't matter. I've done them. I've had a go. It's <laughs> all about have a go. So, so, so do you describe yourself as a musician or an actress or how do you describe your career then? Because you, you're very good at both things. <laughs> um, I don't describe myself as anything other than a person who interprets and expresses, you know, I mean, if I'm able to, able to do, do the gigs and able to be you know, allowed to play, then I will do it to mm. the best of my ability. I, I'd, like, I'd like to think that I've been blessed I have been blessed yeah. to be able to do both. Yeah. And it was, and it's not been easy. It's not been an easy task because, you know, theater in the theater world, you're there for how many months, you can't do anything else. That much I had to learn. I had to, I learned that mm-hmm. because while I was playing uh, the crucible in, 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 in Sheffield, I was also doing, you know, in between the gigs, in between the shows, I was always like doing the odd gig with my band anyway. All oh, right. So yeah, so, yeah, I always kept that alive. Always kept the music alive. Right. Once I, what, like I said, came back from Edinburgh and the phrase is, you're going to have to sing. So put a little band together and just held that. It was mm. no big thing, no stress. When we could, I did. And when I couldn't, then I just did other things. And that was really it. I never committed to anything as such because I didn't need to. Yeah. What I need to do was to find out what I could do. And, and you know, as a Black artist in this country, None of the things you can go all the whole and given. So it was very important, very good advice I was given. You need to have more irons in the fire. Mm. And I, girl, I kept those irons <laughs> and feel no way about it. Yeah. Do be the best you can at the things that you're able to do yeah. and keep them moving. And that way, it'll keep you happy. It'll stop you from falling off the cliff. And this ain't happening. That it, it's that. That is an illness in itself, and you know yeah. when when you've only you become one dimensional, you're in trouble. Yeah, we need all of us need to have other little outlets that will yeah. keep us going, keep us alive. Yeah, and that's what I did. I think that that's probably what set, kept me going. You asked longevity. I think that's what it was. I kept. I had lots. In there's a point when I realized I had four jobs. Oh, really? And I, I had an acting job. You know, my acting career was was. Was, was doing okay. My singing career was doing okay. I did voiceovers that was doing okay. And I could do voice singing that was doing okay. So four agents, I had four agents. Don't ask me how, but I got them. And four <laughs> agents, they're still there somewhere, but I ain't heard from a few in a while, but <laughs> we have a pandemic, nothing's going on, but, <laughs> but yeah, we can't be everywhere. We can't do everything. Yeah. But yeah, there was a time when I decided, no, I won't be pinned down as just, 
you know, pigeonhole. I yeah. only do that. No, that ain't going to happen with me. Yeah. I am going to be versatile. It's important that we, tr- we try to be. Yeah. We try to be because that way it could save you. If this don't happen, the other one might. And whenever yeah. you, you, you keep that balance going. Yeah. It's like you run a ship, baby, and you've got to be able to steer it. It's almost right, like you know, having a, a portfolio, isn't it, of things, mm. your art, your art lives through these different things, you mm. know what I mean, where mm. you describe yourself, and I, and I do agree with that, I am very much multifaceted myself with what I do, I mean the podcast yes. is one element yeah. of what I do, but it's part yeah, of my yeah. artistry, you know, that's all yeah, helping yes. others. Yes, I know, baby girl. So, <laughs> well, you have to be, Wait, but we... Yeah, you have to be. I think I think the the days of just only being just a singer is maybe over unless you can get lots and lots and lots of work as just a singer or just being a sax player or just a drummer. You've got to have, as you say, more irons in the fire. Brilliant. Wow. I can't wait for part two of my interview with the legendary Ruby Turner. Now, while you're waiting, why not grab yourself a free copy of my e-booklet called Reveal? 25 Secrets of the Successful Gigging Musician, Singer, Rapper and Spoken Word Artist. And you can get that from my website, www.successbeyondthescore.com.